This podcast is recorded in a house with animals. We've kicked them all out of the studio because they're disruptive and Sergey's being a bit of an ass today. And that, But noises and interruptions do happen, so be warned. And thinking of the term being an ass, I should warn you now that this podcast contains swearing. Yes, being an ass is perhaps the, the least objectionable thing, we might say. Yes, indeedy. So keep in mind that while this is not explicit explicit, we have to mark it as explicit because iTunes only has two settings, clean and explicit, and doesn't have sane levels that you can set it to like so many other systems. Anyway, I'm a little I'm 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 a little grumpy about Apple and iTunes podcast support and stuff, but it's yeah, neither here nor there. So hi, welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode fifty-eight. Already. Already. We are about to embark on our summer uh trip, our summer break. Yes. Yes. We had vacations once. We had va- what? Hey, long we had- ago in the before time. We had an actual vacation this past weekend. Yes. I mean, it was only a weekend getaway. And now but I was- need a couple of days off to recover. That that seems to happen a lot, actually. It's uh, no, it was very nice. We mm-hmm. went and hung out with friends at a castle in Ohio. Yes, there's a castle in Ohio, and apparently there are multiple castles in Ohio because I had people going, "Oh, you're at such and such castle." We're like, "No, no." D- different castle. Yeah. So there are multiple castles in Ohio, and we were at one of them. Mm-hmm. And it was lovely. We played board games, but it was a lot of extroverting. And even with people I like, that means... And then it was two, like, eight-hour drives. Yeah. And yeah. so I needed a couple days to recover from the vacation. Yeah, whereas I needed more of a vacation uh, more time to recover from my sleep habits during the vacation because as with any weekend my sleep schedule goes straight out the window uh even though we had to get up on time in order to eat yes which is an important thing uh meals were provided as part of the package which was also rather nice because it was one less thing to worry about not hey where are we going to find food much more of a Hey, uh, food will be ready soon. Won't that be nice? Yes. So if you're planning a group getaway or something like that, unless you have a really good budgetary reason not to kind of do group meals or people just aren't keen with that, see what you can do at least for two of those. Yeah, uh, this is a place as a bed and breakfast, the castle, and Mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, I mean, I'm not saying it's the greatest food you'll ever eat in your life, but it's solid yeah. And I've had worse. Yeah, it was fine. Uh the dinner the first night was really good although we were starving so I don't know if that counts. But uh <laughs> uh there's just a lot of, you know, uh it makes life easier for people, particularly if they're traveling and do not have access to all of their usual accoutrements or know where everything is or whatnot. But and then again, you know, if people want to get away and go somewhere else and eat foods, that's usually fine. Too. It, it, it is, yeah. And in, in some place like rural Ohio... Where there is one restaurant 20 miles away. Yeah, it it's actually really handy to have that sort of a, a plan put together, because it's not like I can pop down to McDonald's yeah. or... You know, subway or something like that. The nearest subway, I think, was two towns over. Yeah. So hey, that was that was it was a lot of fun and it was nice to get away. But we're back and we're recording. 
And now we can start hardcore into the world con prep, which is really not that much prep. I have to get my suit cleaned. And I'm waiting on parts for my outfit. My, uh, uh, I wear a suit to the, the big central event of Worldcon, at least for me, is the Hugos. Well, for most of the writers, is the Hugo Awards. And long ago, I dressed up in the full nine, and then I was like, this is uncomfortable, and I am self-conscious, and I keep checking to make sure that my boobs have not fallen out of my corset, Mm -hmm. and I can't eat... I mean, I couldn't eat anyway because I had nerves, but if Neil Gaiman can wear a black business suit, so can I. So I went out and I got a black business suit, and that is now what I wear to the mm-hmm. awards. And it's great because dressing up is fantastic for your person who likes to dress up. For me, it just means that I'm going to be worrying about my appearance for the next, until I take the pants off and put on jeans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, is it hanging right? Is there a huge tear or something awful going on? So I think, sometimes I think learning to wear fancy clothes or costumes is a skill that uh, is learned. It it is uh, it is much easier for men, I think, than women. Possibly because the business suit or the suit and tie is so bloody standard. Yeah, you're not making a statement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people who enjoy doing it. Lots of people who are in the theater who are mm-hmm. very good at, which I assume is a skill that you learn in theater. Oh, yeah. How to wear this costume and just trust that it's going to stick to you and you're not going to worry about it. You're not going to fall out of it. Yes. So now Kevin is my arm candy. He can dress up extravagantly and I content myself with various jewelry. And since T. Kingfisher is the one is getting one of the uh, the nominations, if I in the unlikely event I win, I will have the hat. The T. Kingfisher hat. Yes, T. Kingfisher wears a hat. That's how you tell the difference. Ursula Vernon has a chunky necklace. T. Kingfisher has a hat. So are you going to take off the chunky necklace before you put on the hat? I'm going to keep the chunky necklace in your bag, and because I assume they're going to do this award before short story. Oh, yeah. And then once that's done, once they've got done the YA award, I will take off the hat. Well, I will have the hat on. I will put on the necklace. And the and, transformation will be complete. Yes. It'll be like Superman taking off his glasses. Absolutely. Or, I might take the hat off on stage. We'll see how it rolls. <laughs> but this is the sort of thing that, that you don't think about very often when you're talking about planning or... A friend of ours was actually saying this weekend mm-hmm. who is who is getting uh, Merle Lafferty, who is, is up for several awards, that one thing you do not learn to do and no one teaches you and there are no classes is acceptance speeches. Yes. How to write a speech. Mm-hmm. And... And in fact, I mean, we had like a public speaking thing, I think we took in sixth grade and we had to pass there eighth grade. And if we didn't, it was part of the like things you had to pass to graduate. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that was the last formal training I've had in any public speaking. And that was not enough for, you know, thousands of people. No, but Toastmasters is the group you join if you want to get better at public speaking. Yes, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the caveat I will put on that is that Toastmasters teaches you to talk uh, somewhat like a radio DJ. Which in, I already know how to do. Yeah, in that you do not say um or uh or any of those things, which are not necessarily bad. They, uh, And this is a good thing, but humans expect other humans to make those noises, 
So when you don't, you can come across almost too polished. But that said, you will also come across with a lot more poise than you might have. So a lot of people will happily make that trade-off. They're the only ones I know of that have a organized, here is how you're going to learn to give a public speech teaching thing. And if you are really worried about it, you can avail yourself of that. Uh, mm -hmm. I sort of picked it up along the way. I don't know how. I was always terrified of public speaking, but... I, I think that... Presenting yourself in front of 300 children five days in a row on, like, book tour probably wears a lot of the nervousness off. Yes. And no. Well, was I going on book tour when I did the one for the, uh, for Digger? I don't remember. Yeah, because uh, I've done a lot of panels, too, yeah. though, which helps. And the other thing that is, like, a very specialized skill that also isn't often taught in schools is specifically speech writing. Yes. There's there's delivering the speech, but then there's the actual content of the speech. And, you know, the people who write speeches for politicians or whatever, they get paid a lot of money for that. Well, hopefully they do. Depends but, on the politician. That's true. But it's a, it's a very kind of specific thing in you're writing something to be delivered in front of a live audience, which means you have to change the tone the tone has to be much more of a, it, it can't be like a flat written word because, right, you know, right. you cannot drone on because that kills things. Uh, you, the better ones always seem to have a more conversational feel to them. The, hmm, one thing the what I always compare my speaking to is honestly stand up comedy. Mm. which is the other place I would go for if oh, yeah. you want to learn to do something. Now, that is specifically because I'm funny, or I try to be anyway, which could be said a lot of, lot of stand-up comedy. Uh, and the thing <laughs> I do with kids, that is completely improv theater comedy thing, right? You know, when we do the sort of telling the cooperative story thing. So that's another sort of skill set that kind of plays in. Uh, I'm good at that. I don't know why I'm good at that. Uh, I'm, I'm racking my brain here. This is not me trying to be self-aggrandizing. I'm trying Excuse to remember me. where I picked up that skill so I can like impart it. Because I know a lot of people are like, I, I do not want to talk to in public. And I am not scared of it anymore. And I'm trying to figure out how in hell I did that. Well, I think uh, part of it is that you approached the presenting of the school tour stuff. <laughs> The same way you you um, learn any other new art form. You sat down, you found people who were good at it, and then you watched and dissected how they did it. Yes, I, I contacted... Well, my publisher was like, we want you... I'm like, I don't know what you want from me, and these words are making nothing. Do you have examples? And they sent me YouTube videos, and they're like, this is one of our best guys. You know, we don't expect you to do it like him. He used to be a teacher. And I sat and watched it. I was like, okay... Okay, all right, you gotta call on them every few seconds or they get squirrely. Okay, moving is good. Okay, yeah, hands up, okay. And I would, I watched a couple of these videos and basically had this weird illusion that if I just did it like this guy, I would be safe and the children could not eat me. And, uh... And we all know that there is no safe and... <laughs> 
the if the children decide to eat you, there's nothing you can do about uh, it. No, that's true. But uh, so far, I have avoided being devoured by small children. Now, it may be that you're keeping them from deciding you need to be eaten, which is a much bigger feat no. than <laughs> I, yes. I like to think about often. Well, anyway, so yeah, I sat and just relentlessly went through these videos and was like, okay, I just have to do it like this, and went off and... I had I been smart, I would have sucked really hard the first few times, and then they would never have sent me on tour again. <laughs> but because I was shamelessly copying, uh, I mean the content was different, but the style of presentation that uh, they were like, "Wow, you're amazing at this!" I'm like, "Oh crap, I've done a terrible thing." Uh, Shot yourself in the foot there, yeah. Kind of did. Eh, anyway, so, but you can do worse than watching videos of experts doing it. That is also how Kevin learned to butcher a deer. I did. Yeah. I mean, I watched an expert butcher a hog, and then I watched videos on butchering a deer, and then I went out and did it. Yeah. Uh, I hate videos. <laughs> uh, here's the ironic thing. I would far rather read something, like, a million times over, and I hate that technical writers and uh, are getting shoved out of the business because they're just like, oh, we'll make Bob do a video. And, and it's a completely of, different skill set. Yeah, having somebody sit down and write it. And, like, if if you had the cure for cancer in a YouTube video, uh, I would be like, yeah, nah, it's fine. I don't really need to know. Well, there's, there's another skill set. And I think it is, although I know a lot of really good ones, I think it's kind of underplayed. And that is technical writing. Um, it's something Carlotta did. Our friend Carlotta Sage, who was on the show last year. That's something our friend Steve does. Steve does, yeah. When are you going to have him on the show? I don't know. The thing about technical writing is you're really translating special secret knowledge into something a person who does not have that special secret knowledge can understand. And the problem is just because you are an engineer who knows how to do something does not mean you possess the communication skills to get it across. Right. For example, um, this is like teaching. People are like, oh, I like your art. And I'm like, thank you. And they're like, do you teach classes? And I'm like, I would rather die. I, I don't say that, you know, because that would be rude. But no, I do not teach classes because teaching is a skill. Mm -hmm. I have... I can paint something, but I cannot teach you how to paint it. Uh, that is not a skill I possess, and I am okay with not ever developing that skill because I don't particularly want to become a teacher. I have great respect for them, but I also have great respect for, you know, deep sea divers. It is not a skill I need to own. Um, so the, the side effect is, or the thing that actually drives me crazy about this trend of not using technical writers and using videos mm -hmm. as presentation is I cannot easily refer back to specific things. I can't put a bookmark in it. I can't highlight it and copy paste it. I have to, you know, pause the video or write down a time signature or something to be able to get back. And even then, I don't know if that's something I need to get back to it. One of the reasons I still buy often paper technical books is because it is so much easier to sit down and flip through to remember the page I was on or check the index than it is to run a search query because the search query can only tell you what you ask it and having the paper book and the index in hand helps jog my memory and there is not yet I have found a search engine that lets me quickly jump through my brain to find the thing 
the the associations that make it all match up. I can sometimes do it with you know big HTML books kind of things, you know, like the Linux online manuals and things. But often I know there's something very very specific and targeted to look for, and that doesn't hold true with some of the programming language guides I have or, or things like that. What drives me nuts is I read extremely fast, and if there is a sheet of information on a page, I can skim, get there, done. If I have to watch a YouTube video, I have to sit through the fir- through 30 seconds of, Welcome to our YouTube video. I'm Bob, who does YouTube videos, and thank you for coming. Today we're going to talk about the YouTube, vi- about how I did this, and I am on this computer. You know, now first, open Photoshop, and you're going to go up here, and then the mouse like moves back and forth, and he circles the button mm-hmm. like five times, and I'm like... I will end you with fire, Bob. Just open the bloody thing. And then he's like, and if you see this is happening, oh, no, you won't see. Oh, God, for Christ's sake, Bob. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And and then, basically, I ended not knowing how to do the thing and wanting Bob, Bob's head on a plate. So, And it, it also gets, gets really difficult if the presenter is, let's call it, not good at presenting. Which gets back to teaching as a skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can throw any old instructor in front of a video, but there's a big difference between teaching for a video static audience and teaching for a live audience. The other thing is, of course, that often videos are made not by people of the native to the language in which they're being presented, which can also prove difficult. I I have a... a The thing is, almost all of the people like that speak English better than I do, but the accent, unless you subtitle the bloody video, now we're getting to the problem I have with hearing things. Yeah, there's that. It's like, I turn the volume up, and uh, but if you have a thick accent, I'm like, could you please just subtitle this? Mm -hmm. And if they could subtitle it, then just write the bloody article in the first place, and then we would all be happier. Or or make a transcription, and which reminds me, thank I, you for coming to my TED talk. Yeah, I have the first. Uh, I have transcriptions of the first four episodes I need to put up. Oh, excellent! That I haven't had a chance to yet. Uh, our friend Keffy, who may be listening, I don't know. Um, thank you, Keffy. Is a professional transcriber. How are you supposed to say that? Transcriptionist. Transcriptionist. I yeah. don't know. And so I've contracted him to do the first four, and I need to talk to him about the next couple, and I'm try- I am I will get caught up. So <laughs> eventually it's just, you know, costs a little money. Yeah, yeah. So it's, we it's, have to budget around it. Yeah. Thank you, mm-hmm. Patreon subscribers. You are the people who are letting us pay for this yes. transcription, so we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And then the only other thing I've got this week is I am trying something new. Okay. I'm dipping my toe in the cult. Are you bullet journaling? Maybe a little. I just I just started a little today, but I need to kind of jog some things and change the system around a little bit so I don't lose track of things. And it's a lot harder now that my day isn't hyper-scheduled, so it's a lot harder to block out, this is what I need to do here, this is what I need to do here. And so just that rolling list, I'm trying it. And if it works, it works, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. 
as we've said many times, if the system works for you, that is fantastic. Yes. Systems, unless you are doing them, you know, in the blood of your enemies, are value neutral. There is no yes. moral value, moral virtue to doing, you know, this planner versus that planner. Uh, there, it is not evil. If what makes it work for you is ten thousand post-it notes attached to your computer monitor, oh yeah, th- there is no moral judgment on that. Right so, up until they f- all fall off and you lose track of them. Trust me, I know. Yes. Um. So, it's I am not judge. It's a cult. You're totally judging. Cult. So but if I, I was a better person, I wouldn't judge you. Yes. So what what are, how have you been doing with the catch up and the 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 post vacation brain? Well, uh, Monday was productive, Tuesday was productive, and today I had period cramps. So today not so much, but that's okay. There's slack built into the schedule to uh, allow for this sort of thing. It's not like you structure it and if you miss a day, the whole world ends. And yeah, and I fortunately had. Um... Uh, the nice thing about keeping track of what I get done in a day is I would, uh, in the olden days before Wonderlist, which is the one thing that has come out of this, this podcast that I will, I will go to the mat for is recording your word count. Mm-hmm. I would have just seen, I was not productive today. Ergo, I am history's, you know, greatest sloth and I will die in a ditch next to Walmart. Right. Whereas because... I have been keeping track of my word count. I can go, no, I'm still, you know, I got 1,600 words done Monday and 1,200 words done yesterday. So I'm honestly just about on par for the week. It, the, there was, I did so much Monday and Tuesday that today mm-hmm. I had enough word count built in that I didn't lose productivity. So uh, I will be a productive person dying in the ditch next to Walmart. There you go. Yes. So that's that's our update from us. I have some good news and some bad news. The good news is I have some really great uh, interviews scheduled for the next month, so that between now and Worldcon and after Worldcon, I should have some really good content. Yay! The bad news, sort of, is that I have none of those interviews, so we're going to do our letter show a little early this month. Do we have letters? We have letters. All right. We always have letters. It's great. And we will get to those in a minute or so right after this. You got to go put your chicken away. I do. I just took the time to put my chickens away, which is a thing I have to do now. <laughs> and you are right to laugh at me. You really are. I think it's wonderful 
that at the age of 40-something, you discovered that there had been a chicken-shaped hole in your life. I And was just disagree, like, yeah. this is where the chicken goes. I, I never realized. It's, it's honestly, it's delightful. I mean, I'm glad you're happy, obviously. It's just, I mean, if someone can take to chickens with the same verve and joy <laughs> and delight that you have taken to them in midlife... There is hope for all of us. Yes. So, letters. Let's talk about letters. Our first letter this week is from Feather. Hi, Feather. Who said, if it helps, Ursula, I am vocationally a writer. I'm career-wise a librarian, but writing is what my brain does all the time, day in and day out. Ooh, double threat there, man. Librarians are hardcore. I know, and I have zero, zero interest in office supplies beyond does this do what I want to want it to do. Yay! And And that's... We will be That's alone fair, yeah. on an island that has three pencils <laughs> and a marker that is dried up, but we can't find another one. That, oh, God, <laughs> I hate that. I do. Especially in meeting rooms when you've got the whiteboard markers that people have just let run dry or left uncapped, and no one is willing to like bring fresh ones, or the fresh ones keep getting cannibalized for other conference rooms in the same. I do not miss working in an office one bit. I really don't. The one downside, the uh, the super fancy art markers that I use, these are oh, the yeah. FW, the, uh, no, the uh, Faber-Castell pit markers. I don't mm-hmm. use Copics or anything like that. Uh, they have a bad, the brush pens have a tendency to develop mold on them oh. after, if they are left too long. So I will pull one out, it doesn't do anything, it's just I look at it and there's white fuzz on it, and I'm like, that's, oh yeah, that's not the, that's not stuff come, oh, a little something green there. Oh. Alright, so you wipe them off, they're fine, it's just, yeah. Yeah. So, a long time listener slash follower on Twitter, VR Trakowski wrote Hi, in. Hi, VR! And said, hello, as ever, I'm loving the show. You've inspired me to try a couple of new things in my work life. Awesome. Uh, would you ever consider, or would you consider reviewing Moleskine's time page and or actions app? They look interesting and a bit different, and I would love to know your opinion. Thank you, VR. So I looked at them. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, some new apps. And I like Moleskine in general, just I like their notebooks. I generally like their products. And um, Let me just add Moleskine, definitely a cult. Oh, yeah, no, no, no questions there. But their apps, I cannot run them. Mac exclusive? Um, iPhone. iPhone. iMac, or not iMac, but uh, iPad, iPhone, iPad, iOS exclusive. So I cannot run them myself because I've, all my devices are Android or um, Linux. You're looking at me as the iPhone user. No, I'm not specifically looking at you as the iPhone user. I'm... If some of you have been using iPhones and have used the Moleskine apps, we would like to hear your input because I suspect that my use case is, as always, idiosyncratic. Yes. The other thing is, somewhere in here, I have an iPad I was using as a display. It's a little older and cranky, but I might dig that up, get it up to date, and see if I can run them on that. They look kind of interesting in, you know, a very, very clean design way much like a lot of the Moleskine things. So, I don't know. They might be good. They might work. I know Paper 53, uh, Paper by 53, Paper yes. 53, um, had rebranded, or not rebranded, bleh, sorry, I'm crossing two trains of thought. <laughs> Paper by 53, which had a product just called Pencil, 
which they rebranded when I Apple finally got their their right. thing together. And I gave them credit for that. They the Apple made the announcement and they immediately quietly went into rebranding. They yeah. didn't fight it. They didn't try to do anything. They mm-hmm. were just like, "We're not going to win this one. Let us just get to work on we will, we will changing." Quietly the name. go there, yeah. And it was a really good pencil for what it was. It still is, in fact. It looks like a carpenter's pencil. It yeah. handled very nicely. But it was integrated with uh, some of the moleskin stuff. You could do stuff in the paper system and then literally have it physically printed as a moleskin. Which you did for me the one year. Yes. I still have it. I have it on my shelf Yeah, of uh, things. I, I made a little comic about our relationship with, drawn as hamsters. Yes. Always with the hamsters. Well, they're easy to draw. That was before I started doing the hamster princess. Well, that's fair, yeah. Yes, and um, I, uh, yeah, I was proud of that. Mm -hmm. No, it was was a good little comic. So, all right, so another one from Star. Mm -hmm. But uh, thank you, VR. I will see what we can do about trying it out somehow. Any of the rest of you, please. uh, Please write in. Yeah, tell us about your experience with it. Yep. Um, So my cousin Susan, who was on a couple weeks ago, had talked about the time and to-do planner that she was starting to use. Hi, Susan. Yeah, so went to look at time and to-do planner and liked everything except the spiral planner, and my backpack never cooperates. And then I, I saw have they have it down- so many spiral oh, notebooks. And then saw they have it downloadable so I could print and use it with a ring binder. Oh. Or in my case, I do have a... I, I went ahead and got the downloadable version as well, and so I can put it into my uh, disc planner, into my... Tool or circa Tool. or whatever, yeah, yeah. The the I hear you on the spiral binders. The death of many sketchbooks oh. for me has not been that you know acid in the paper or that they spontaneously caught fire or the cat ate them. It's that the spiral ring binding turned into like this eighth dimensional slinky and yeah, <laughs> yeah right. I had that problem in school too. Um, with with that sort of thing getting caught in my backpack or whatever it drove me crazy. By the end of the year. It would be like, yeah, there's now like a, a dangerous hook ready to poke me in the eye when I take out my, my notebook for notes or something. All right, our next letter is from Ryan. Yo. Uh, as you'll recall, Ryan wrote in after listening to the episode with Carlotta. Oh, for using Excel as a planner. Yes. I, I know that not because I'm psychic, but because I am reading the letter off the screen. Right. So last time I wrote you, I was still astounded by the idea that I could Excel as a planner. I dove headfirst into it, but found that if that it eventually fell by the wayside. Indeed, every app or program I've tried so far have all fallen off, even Habitica, which on paper sounds like it was developed specifically for me. As someone who considers themselves a technophile, I found this very odd. I feel the same way about it. I really do. It's it's it, That's okay. Mm-hmm. This is a problem that a lot of people yeah. report in. I use one for a while, and then I go use something else. And Sometimes we may be searching for a silver bullet that does not exist. Right. In this case, though, so after thinking about it for a while, I went ahead and bought myself a paper planner, a tool junior size. There you go. And have been bullet journaling. It's only been a week so far, but I really like it. I like the physical presence of the planner, which makes me remember to actually open it and check it. I like how every time I catch a glimpse of uh, one of the logos on the planner, Ursula shouts, Tool! in my head. 
I'm sorry about that, but I'm glad you like it. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think I may have found just what works for me. Thank you for doing this podcast, because I never would have found the solution on my own. Well, you're very welcome. And I hope it does work for you. And again, if it doesn't in the long term, this is not a referendum on you as a human. Right. Absolutely. The... Mm-hmm. Uh, I wind up not using a lot of things. Wonderlist is the only thing that I keep up with, and only because it turns out there's only one specific thing I want to track, and that is my word count. There you go. Yeah. This is from Mira. Hi there, just found the podcast and I'm loving it, especially the Test Wombat's tentative and softly worded opinions. <laughs> I'm only up to episode three, and I've already nearly spat out my coffee at the idea of wanking rewards. That was episode two. <laughs> And made uh, we, a mental note. We let people know what they were in for early. We do. And made a mental note not to listen with kids or colleagues. We don't get we've we've toned it down a little bit since well, then. Well, uh, um, we've tried. Yeah. I, no, we haven't actually tried. I've made no effort. It just hasn't come <laughs> off. Yep. I use planner pads, which I find useful for planning and prioritizing across multiple projects and responsibilities across a week or month. And there's a link, uh, plannerpads.com. I'll add it to the show notes. I also enjoyed these pieces on productivity. Apologize if you've already seen them. I'm still working through the backlog of episodes. Can't wait for the next time I have a site visit to drive to or long flights. And I will uh, link these as well, but we've got um, Confessions of a Recovering Life Hacker from John Palvis, uh, Rob Thetan with Getting Nothing Done, A Misguided Quest for Productivity. I love that one. Uh, prettyterrible.com's I read Cal Newport's Deep Work so you don't have to. Okay. So. <laughs> I don't even know what Deep Work is. I it's know, but, a book. It's yeah, but isn't, isn't Deep Work like a thing where you get into all your old psychological traumas and then, like, meditate? I, I don't know. I'm wondering if it isn't, like, Deep State. Uh. A conspiracy theory about, you know, getting getting to the work behind the work. Oh, and the secret. I don't know. I never read it. Okay, no, we we, we got to find this one out right away. All right, yeah, you look that up. What I'm going to do though is I'm also going to bring up planner pads because I took a look at these and they were pretty cool. If you like that, one of the things I liked about them is they sort of have a, a guided uh, way of of figuring out your day. Um, they have three sections on each page. Uh, one to categorize what you need to do uh, or as they call it, the project warehouse to organize everything you you do. And then a prioritize section where you figure out what you're going to do day by day. And then a scheduling section where you can block out uh, for appointments. Now for someone like me in an office setting and it or whatever, this, the appointment portion is kind of worthless because it only blocks out by hours. And Lord knows at my last job, I had, half hour meetings or meetings that started on the half hour and ran an hour and a half or something like that. So I already don't know if this would work for me in my old job or a traditional job because it only allows for one hour increments on the page, at least on the page they show. Uh, The nice thing is they have both a spiral bound and you can buy the loose leaf pages. They are... Well, I mean, would it work for you now, granted that you're not down to the half hour? Um, it might. I still block things. Uh, because of, of timing and things, often we have things started at, starting at half hour marks. Like uh, our daily scrum is scheduled from 10 to 10.30 a.m. Can't you just put a line at the halfway through and Maybe. go um, over? 
But again, I also run into the thing where I'm transcribing from my digital to my mm. paper all the time. And so as it changes, which it doesn't that much, but as it changes, it's a, it, it sometimes can get a little hairy. Um, that said, I can, yeah. this, I can totally see how this would work for a, like the big pad thing, you know, yeah. like yeah. I've known lots of people who've had, in fact, I think my mother had one like that for a yeah. while. But, and I mean, it has the 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 physical spiral bounds. They have uh, they're either very they're very lovely professional gray and black or or green green ink and black uh, uh, covers or the seasonals, which I guess has a, a whole bunch of nature prints in it. I looked up deep work. Mm-hmm. Um, this basically appears, to, and and someone feel free to write in if you have. If if you want to talk about this and you think it's amazing, because I'm about to do my usual skeptical hatchet job. Do it. I was closer than you were in that uh, it's it's rules for focused success in a distracted work. Apparently, this is like about training your brain to concentrate on stuff and not get distracted. Oh. So. Yeah, they make drugs for that. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so better living through chemistry, man. Yeah, uh, this is apparently you know a, how to focus your success and achieve work through. Hang on, let me read the blurb here. Um, <laughs> uh, he first makes the case that in almost any profession, cultivating a deep work ethic will produce massive benefits. In the words of the eighties, well, duh. <laughs> He then presents a rigorous training regimen presented as a series of four rules for transforming your mind and habits to support this skill. A mix of cultural criticism and actionable advice, deep work takes the reader on a journey through memorable stories from Carl Jung building a stone tower in the woods to focus his mind to a social media pioneer buying a round-trip business class ticket to Tokyo to write a book free from distraction in the air. And, and no-nonsense advice, such as the claim that most serious professionals should quit social media and that you should practice being bored. Okay, so, um... Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, If this works for you, fantastic. Great. And, uh... If you feel this is completely unfair, you're off social media, so you have no way to contact me. Well, I was gonna say, <laughs> if you'll, you'll notice that... The the thing was I read it so you don't have to right <laughs> yes so I'm I'm actually kind of curious about that one prettyterrible.com. dot com all mm -hmm. right yep. thank you for writing in Mira but I was I was also looking at the um couple of the other stuff from planner pads they have a desk organizer so if you've got a desk where you put down you know where you might want that paper you like a lot of people have the paper calendar it's sort of a traditional thing but they have a version made for your desk I kind of like that idea like if I were in an office. I would probably use one of these because it has so much space for the project list as compared to like the regular printed version. Wait, this is pretty terrible. This is our buddy Natalie Lurs. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. we know her. We've had food with her. Yeah. Yes. So awesome. Um, so yes, we will, we will go on about that. So anyway, thank you, Mira. Um, I actually think the planner pads look kind of nifty, but I don't know if they'd work for me. One way to find out. Too bad they don't have a digital version. Here's a message more about, um, from our friend Laura about, um, her hearing issues and getting fitted with a 
um, Bluetooth hearing aid and what a major life improvement it's made. Oh, wonderful. So uh, as someone who is starting to need technology in order to improve her lifestyle... Denial uh, has worked for me great. But it's it's good to know that, you know, there are lots of people with, with positive experiences. Um, yes. Uh, mm -hmm. I am putting it off as long as I can because they keep improving the damn thing, uh, mm -hmm. things. And and because denial is working. Honestly, uh -huh, I yeah. cope with... Uh, A lot of I things. did finally get the sleep apnea test. You did. Only because you were afraid I was going to die in my sleep. It's a valid concern. It absolutely is. I'm not saying it wasn't. I just hadn't realized you were worried about it. And as soon as I found out you were worried, I made the appointment. There you go. So, anyway, um, so yeah, that's it. Was it was nice here? Thank you, Laura, for writing in. I'm not going to read all the gory details, but Laura and I talk on Messenger or whatever and it cons all the time, so it's it's cool. Um, from Star again. Uh, mom was an ER nurse, so hers was, is there a code blue? In reference to, is someone going to die if we don't fix this right now? Ah, uh, yes. Thing. Yeah. Um, if not, then I can take a breath before whatever it is. Then, is anyone going to die if I do, if I, um, don't do this right now? If, uh, Oh, yes, we were talking about how there's always another crisis. Yep, and yep. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, no, she could take a coffee break. Uh, for me, when I work at, I worked at a trading firm, we were, Clearing trades, then, if we were clearing trades, I could take a break. If not, then uh, find by the minute. Holy mackerel. Um, now I'm like, no one is dying, no millions on the line, so whatever. And that was sort of the, I, I got to say, that was sort of the driver at my last job with mm -hmm. the urgency on things. Because um, every outage period for a customer generally meant that we were literally losing money. Because we would have to basically say, okay, here's the free credit you get at the end of your contract because we were, there were these, 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 and these unscheduled things. My new job, it's, I'm going to say not as critical, but it can be a pretty big deal if in the middle of the day, say something goes sideways or something unexpected happens. So there's that. Let me let me at least mm -hmm. uh, pop in from this from uh, okay. uh, our Natalie is a very insightful mm -hmm. writer and uh, pretty terrible. There's a hyphen in the middle. Yep. Pretty terrible dot com. And she says, uh, Carl Newport's deep work is a useful and incredibly infuriating work to read. There's a lot of really good productivity strategies, but they're encased in a layer of academic tech bro privilege of which he seems to be wholly unaware. <laughs> and, for example, his entire thesis is that deep work is, by its very definition, better than shallow work because, in his opinion, that's the kind of work that's valuable. He never explains what he means by valuable, but it's clear he does not find administrative work valuable. I wonder what his department's admins think of him. <laughs> yeah, really? Yes. Um. So... Read the review. Mm -hmm. Read I, I'll be linking reviews. all of it into, into the show notes. Yes. Yeah. All right. So this is from Deborah. Um, hi, I've been a Shan... Bleh. Hi, I've been a fan of the show for a while now. It's Shans been... of the foe are also welcome. Right. It's been fascinating. <laughs> I use a bullet journal disc-bound system consisting of a Martha Stewart Jr. cover, disc agenda aluminum discs and third party a5 dot grid i punched just got the arc punch i'm in love oh tell me about it i love that thing oh yeah yeah um 
I'm autistic. Using the bullet journal system has enabled me to give structure to my life while being flexible enough that not following it doesn't cause confusion. Rock on. It also enables me to find a system that fits my needs at the moment and tweak it as those needs changed or change it entirely if I got bored. And honestly, despite my my cult comments, if bullet journaling is flexible enough that when you decide the system is boring you, you can change it around because i know a lot of people are like yeah. i can do this for x amount of time and then i'm bored uh if you can completely rearrange things mm-hmm. without killing yourself in the bullet journaling ecosystem then hey it might be worth it maybe it'll keep you interested or right. you know mm-hmm. uh. yeah i've used this system since january 2016 <laughs> as opposed to other systems that i've given up on after weeks oh wow right. that's yeah that's a long time for a productivity yeah. system I don't think it's the one true system that that's all capitalized. There isn't one. But it enables me to have more control over my life. I think that since the original was designed by a man with ADHD, makes it attuned for those of those of us who are neurodivergent. Although, of course, that doesn't mean it works for all of us. And that's that's something I mean to keep in mind. And I even with those of us who are neurotypical in the ways we're neurotypical, there is no one-size-fits-all. I, I hammer this in. There's no one-size-fits-all. There's no magic bullet. Uh, anyone who claims that they have a magic bullet for your productivity is... is trying to sell you their system. Trying to sell you their... Absolutely, yeah. Um, I use pen and markers only because I don't have the patience for stickers or washi tape, and my handwriting is abysmal. Poor small muscle control is not uncommon for autistic people. My handwriting is... Um... People can read it, and that's all that it needs to do. And I look at these damn calligraphy things, like, oh, yes, let me just calligraphy that. And I'm like, "Eh." but anyway. I have terrible penmanship. It was not something that was, like, once I got past the mechanicals of having to write cursive, it... I'll be honest, it's slowly degraded over the years. Oh, yeah. So if it's not me reading my handwriting, like, in, in cursive... It's almost impossible for anyone else well, to read. Well, you have, um, it's not bad yet, but you're getting the tremor. Yeah, I am, and that's a hereditary thing. Yeah, um, and which, I mean, yeah. that's life, yeah. so. Yeah. Now, and on the flip side, Dad uh, started block printing because he's an engineer, and uh-huh. he needed to be precise, and I'm, you know, uh, block printing um, a lot more. Mine is not as neat as his because I didn't have it hammered into me in engineering school that if it wasn't perfect and sharp and you know, all the angles correct that I was not going to pass and get my degree, but it's much more readable than me trying to scribble it all down in cursive. Yes. And I also have the thing where sometimes I'll start block printing and then I'll like end a word or my thoughts are moving too fast for me to block print. So it intersperses regular like printing with, with cursive. So, and here's another example, speaking of how, Mm -hmm. um, no size fits all. There are many writers who are like, yes, I was blocked on the book and then I went and, ha- and hand wrote it. Mm-hmm. I think that is fantastic and I am glad it works for them. And I would throw myself into the sea <laughs> before I would write the first paragraph by hand. Right. Uh, I hate hand writing things by hand and I think much faster then I can write. I I can I t- literally taught myself to type as a kid so I could write stories because I wrote too slow for my brain, and typing yeah. was much quicker. And I think there there may be a generational difference there as well. 
I know... Um, I taught myself to do it on a typewriter. Yeah, okay, never mind then. <laughs> um, all right, back to the letter. Yes. <laughs> yes. Walmart does, in fact, have a disc-bound system. It's called the All Glam Planner, and it seems to be a more basic version of the Happy Planner. Same sizes, same discs, complete with hearts, but fewer choices for layout and accessories. Um, so I looked it up. Uh-huh. And one thing is Walmart.com does not have any of it on their site. There are a lot of uh, YouTube reviews around it, uh-huh. uh, which actually is a good thing for YouTube because then that you can see as people are laying out. And yeah, they look like basically knockoff happy planners, uh-huh. um, probably from the same factory because I mean, even down to like the, the hearts and the binder, the, said, not yeah. just the hearts and the binder, but like literally the packaging. Down to the packaging. So I wouldn't be surprised if it were like the generic version from the same company, just mm-hmm. cheaper. Because that that's the big complaint is it doesn't feel as sturdy or as high quality. It's cute, but it's not it doesn't feel durable, which is which is a thing. And you know, that's great. Um the one thing I did find is there is literally an all-glam planner um product that is not what Walmart is selling from an independent creator. Interesting. So I don't know if Walmart's getting some of the same, is getting the stickers from them because they're, you know, the usual sticker packs and bookmarks and things like that. But if not, well, good luck to them because Walmart has really deep pockets and yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, Finally. Yeah, back to the letter, um, back to Mir- or Deborah. I would love to see more interviews with neurodiverse people and how they manage their lives in a sometimes very confusing world. And I'm working on that. The This is a hard thing to ask people to talk about. It kind of is, I mean, is, yeah, it's, yeah. there is an element of come put your issues on display and... Uh, Obviously, we try not to come across right. like, you know, uh, judgmental about that and we're honest about our own weirdnesses, but uh, I don't blame anyone for not wanting to go talk on the record about the ways their brains are different from other people's. But if you want to, hey, you know how to find us. Well, yes, you know how to find Kevin. Absolutely. I say us. This is really Kevin's podcast. I just come up and make cynical yeah. comments. Um, another note from Mira uh, linking to... A, and this was just like yesterday, mm-hmm. um, but Boing Boing published an article about Leonardo da Vinci's to-do list. <laughs> this is kind of cool. Da Vinci famously kept notebooks, all kinds of notebooks. And wrote backwards. And wrote backwards. Um, but here's a, he, here's a list we have that's actually dated from about 1490, including things like uh, and he tagged things. That's the neat things. He had tagged things. Calculate the measurement of Milan and suburbs. Find a book that treats of Milan and its churches, which is to be had at the stationers on the way to Carduzio. Discover the measurement of Corte Vecchio, the courtyard in the Duke's Palace. Discover the me- measurement of the Castello, the Duke's Palace itself. Um, talk to Giano, the bombardier. 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 Uh, about the means by which the Tower of Ferrara is walled without loopholes. No one really knows what Da Vinci meant by this. <laughs> um, 
But it's got all kinds of, of little things Get there. the friar at the Benedictine Monastery to Milan to show you De Ponderibus, a medieval text on mechanics. That's fantastic. Examine the crossbow of Maestro Gianetto. Uh Try to get uh, Vito Lone, the medieval author of a text on op- optics, which is in the library at uh, Pavia, which deals with the mathematic. Find a master of hydraulics and get him to tell you how to repair a lock, canal, and mill in the Lombard manner. I, really? This is, <laughs> this, is, this is amazing. And so... Uh, um, there's so I'll, I, I will link to this, but um, he constantly was writing, and I think the the money quote from Da Vinci uh, in this one is: "It is useful to constantly observe, note, and consider," uh, which is what he did, and again that that worked for Da Vinci, the master. So, uh, Lord knows if it would work for the rest of us the same way, but it's okay if you're not Da Vinci. Neither yeah, are we. Yeah, no. Uh, let's see. Um, and now we've got two from Kerr, Kier. I don't know how to say it. I'm very sorry. Um, so has no one pointed you all to gardening microbes mood research? Yes, yet? I know this one. Uh, yes. yes. If there are soil microbes that basically act as a natural antidepressant, they, your serotonin, mm-hmm. it, it does whatever it's supposed to do to your serotonin. And no, I, I am totally aware of this. And in fact, it was when I had to stop gardening after my divorce that I got really depressed. Right. And the, I need like dirt. And also I get, Mm -hmm. you know, like you get me things that are dirt. We have a dirt scented candle and I love that. We do. And, and, uh, uh, just before it rains, dirt scented. Petrichor. Yes. I, I, uh, potting soil, potting shed in the deluge is my chosen lotion from Paintbox Soapworks, which smells like, um, uh, potting soil and petrichor. Yeah. And yes, uh, the, the microbes are, uh, no, I, I totally believe they are a thing. I am much, I am, I don't know if I'm happier, but I'm much less unhappy when I have dirt to work in. <laughs> Even if, like, now I'll die if I go outside for more than about 20 minutes, so I have lost control of the garden, that's fine. I lose control of the garden every July. Kind of do. All I can yeah. do is basically set a framework in in spring so that hopefully there are some tomatoes and some squash hiding in the jungle. Yes. Um so I'll I will I will double check the link because it says uh, here's a link which points to some of the research or did, mind you I'm not a gardener just a lay ecologist sort of now and then so your mileage may vary of course oh no and I'm not saying it would work for everybody but certainly a lot of gardeners are like yes we we need the dirt now there was a point where you were pushing me you're like get outside and work in the dirt work in the dirt and I'm like I really don't want to work in the dirt uh, but you were you were just hardcore. It will make you feel better. Uh, maybe I was between jobs or something. Possibly. I don't know if you were trying to cheer me up or just get me out of the house. So, I might have just wanted manual labor. That happens too. Yeah, that happens too. I'm sorry, I was pushy to trying to make you garden. Um, and then finally, no, no, wait, wait. You have to tell me it's. You, I'm sorry. You're well. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. I forgive okay. you. I forgive you a long right. time ago. I just think it's funny now. Um. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, he he didn't say anything. He's holding a grudge about the gardening thing. Oh, God, I need to go buy him a video game. Like I have time for another (laughs) video game. Um, Uh, That's a... uh, We we have the... the, If you are acknowledging that you have committed a major fuck-up... Oh, yeah. You apologize, and then as a peace offering, you bring a video game to the other person. And this is, uh, I don't know how or when again, but it's basically the, I have fucked up. Here is your video game. It is, it is 
both right. a here's a video game you might like and a sort of symbolic gesture <laughs> of no i really realized this was a, a, a major a, major thing yes yeah. i uh, needed a peace offering issue i suppose it's like getting somebody flowers but uh Dude, I have a garden. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need flowers. I need video games. Yeah, I get criticized <laughs> if I buy you flowers. Really? Uh, no, it, you don't. I, I, it's delightful, and I find it sweet. It's just, you know. What's the point? Yeah, I <laughs> go outside. The, the roses you grew are so much more this year are so much more spectacular than anything I can buy in a grocery store. Oh. So. That that I oh. I mean. I'm gonna get all wibbly. Anyway, uh, so a comment from episode 42. It's uh, 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 Kerr again. Kier? Kier, yes. Kier. I don't um, I love this post. Uh, oh, by the way, I should say that the, the comment, uh, the title of episode 42, Letters, Bags, Travel. I love this post with all the love of, oh my gods, my matrilin- maternal, maternal. maternal ancestors are just like this, and I might be too, but. Also, yay for recycling bin. <laughs> so, for those who, who might be new or haven't who, you know, uh, haven't caught up to that point and are listening with the current versus the backlog, or whatever. Uh, we talked a lot about the different bags in my actual kind of large collection of bags that inadvertently happened. Now, I've been good. I have not bought a new bag in at least six months. I'm, I'm maintaining not here to judge. I, I'm being strong about that. Uh, I'm trying to r- r- figure out what my maternal ancestors were doing that episode, or your maternal ancestors. Well, your maternal ancestors would, um, I mean, on the one side were... <laughs> would probably just marry the problem. Yeah, but also there was a serial killer and things like that. Um, yeah, was that? It, was a, it was just an axe murder. As far as we know, we only killed the one person. Oh, okay. Um, it wasn't like he made a habit of it. Right. I mean, come on. One person, everyone has that day, okay? I... <laughs> And I think I think when I, I look at it, I think everybody has that person in the family who has the odd or maybe we you don't know why they collect the things they do, but they do. Um, mine actually and honestly is has become copies of the Bible um, of different ages and translations and locations. Like I have one in Setswana that I picked up in Africa. I picked up uh, one while we were in Iceland. Um, I have several uh, early 20th century uh, King James editions. You're, you're starting to, anyway, to exhaust that and move into Depression-era cookbooks. Now. I am, uh, because there are only so many times you can read the King James version of the Bible, and finding new unique ones is kind of a thing. Depression, The Depression-era cookbooks is like a historical archaeology thing, because there's a story that goes with the food. Um and I collect animal skulls. You do. Well, but that's not the only thing you collect. You collect salvias. Oh, yeah. Salvias are a type of plant. Mm-hmm. And, uh, wow, you, you know I collect salvias. My God. Mm-hmm. Whatever I did to deserve you, it wasn't enough. A- anyway, um, but I uh, my grandfather collected clocks. It, oh. I, I, I don't think it, it... I think much like some of my... My collections, it didn't start out intentionally that way, but after a point you realize, it was me and the Bibles, after a point you realize, gee, I have more than three of these I think I have that are different. I think I have a collection now. I do have that stuffed wombat collection. You do. I have never actually bought a stuffed wombat, but uh, the fans, God love them, have given me so many wombats that I now probably have the largest wombat (laughs) collection in North America. Yes. (laughs) Excuse me. Um... So that's it for this month on letters. Um, 
Thank you to Feather and VR and Star and Ryan and Mira and Deborah and Kier. Yes, I think it's Kier, I but it's I could Kier. be wrong. If it's if it, if I'm wrong, um, feel free to yell at me. Maybe I should update the contact form or something to say please include a pronunciation guide. Um, might be handy. Might be handy. Yeah. And that's it for the letters. And so uh, I'm going to go get a fresh drink and we need to stretch our legs. Uh, So we'll be right back after this. a brief leg stretch, a little something to drink, and a Father Ted reference or two. Sadly, the like writer and producer of Father Ted turned out to be a total shit heel. Oh, that's a that's a shame. Yes, a shame. but uh, it's still a funny show. Yes, it's it's hilarious, and I love it. So mm-hmm. down with this sort of thing. Um. Oh, one small thing. I mm-hmm. have gotten hooked uh, while I we were at the castle. Uh, mm-hmm. My buddy Mer was showing me this game she's been playing. Uh, it's a computer game. It's called Oxygen Not Included. It is exactly the sort of cute little base building game that I mm-hmm. freaking love. And I kind of like tame captive organization. Like, <laughs> I am not organized. I have no desire to be organized. But I like being able to organize a little world, you know, so they, so everything runs. The the, the little little people's, you know, food is is. Are you making the trains run on time? There are no trains. Uh, but they're so happy when they poo. Yes, um, <laughs> you have to build little outhouses for them and things, and uh, it's it's really cute and extremely hard. I, I have set all the settings to easy. It's one of those games where you start like 8,000 times to try to set up the optimal base design. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you enjoy that sort of thing, it's really delightful. And again, you know, this is... I do not organize well, but I like organizing their little world because it's like I have all the organization in one place and I'm in charge of it and it can't get out and get me. Okay, then. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so... We issue open badges. <laughs> These are images that conform to the Mozilla Open Badge Standard with metadata to say where you got them from and how they were, were given to you. And we have a form on our web pages where you can enter a text code that will grant you the badge through uh, the partner service we use called Credly. And uh, none of this is paid for endorsement. It's an open uh, standard, which is why I really like using it, because then you can put it on. Like if you're on sites that support open badges, you can actually transfer them over there or put them for display in other places. This week's badge code is Toastmaster, all one word, and that will get you the badge for episode fifty-eight. Uh, 
Before we go into the how to support us segment, um, let me just thank one more time Feather and VR and Star and Ryan and Mira and Kier and Deborah for writing in. I love hearing from you guys. You can write me directly at Kevin at Sunny, S-O-N-N-E-Y dot com, or for one of the comment on uh, one of the posts or the contact form at productivityalchemy.com. We would like to hear from you if you do a job and have and have an organizational system. Mm-hmm. If if you don't do a job and still have an organizational system, that's okay too. Uh, Kevin, how do they get a hold of you if they would well, like to the, be on the show? The first thing we do is um, drop me a note saying, uh, I think I have a folder for tributes and I'm going to start scheduling those after Worldcon because that's the... Big thing in the back of my head. I've got we've got Worldcon, and after Worldcon, things will start to hopefully loosen up a little bit. Um, but uh, I already have several people that are interested that I'll be reaching out to. I use a service called Doodle to do the scheduling, which is really handy. Again, not a paid endorsement. This is a tool I find useful. Uh, I think I've linked to it in the past, and we'll we'll set something up. Uh, but I got a couple. Um, geez, I think I have like three between already scheduled between now and Worldcon. Excellent. So it's pretty awesome. And then, as a reminder again... It's okay if you don't think your job is interesting. Uh, Most of us aren't doing interesting jobs. We we would like to know how you are organized. Uh, Yeah. No, it's... it's, um, You know one of the most fascinating people I ever talked to? Who's that? He was a a dude who... uh, uh, He was a media escort in Georgia. Mm -hmm. And his job before he retired was... He was one of the people who went around and tested coke... In restaurants, he was uh-huh. he was a, a corporate spy basically for Coke, yeah. and he would go around and he would make sure that they were using the right Coke, or that apparently um, uh, Howard Johnson restaurants were really bad about if you ordered a Coke, they would give you the house brand soda, mm-hmm. and they would track and and this reflected ba- badly on Coke mm-hmm. oh, yeah, because yeah. people thought it was bad Coke they were getting, so he would be sent out and would be literally stealing chemical samples of the coke with an mm-hmm. eyedropper to do that and i'm like this is amazing oh yeah but i this is serious stuff because you know yeah. howard johnson's if caught that's a breach of an agreement and a trademark violation kind of thing uh, and it's also completely stopped yeah uh, because uh, they, they no longer bother with that for the most part because now everybody is getting everything from everywhere, mm-hmm. and uh, it used to be the the whole thing about like Mexican Coke versus U.S. Coke. Now it's like, yeah. no, you get it, Amazon. You can get it from anywhere. Mm-hmm. We don't. We can't keep up with it anymore. That that division is starting to to right. uh, completely moved over to something else because there was just no point in trying to keep up. Well, and and the other side effect of it is, of course, as the consolidation has happened. Um, frankly, unless you're a small independent. Or, um, you know, someone with a regional thing like Cheerwine, basically, you're probably drinking a Coke or Pepsi product right now. Well, yeah, the thing is they had individual distributor territory. So if Uh you had a Coke in Place X and that Coke was from Place Y, Mm -hmm. you were violating Place X's contract and Place X could get pissy at you for the fact that you were selling it there. And so, because they were had the distribution contract for right, that area. Right. Anyway, so this is neither here nor there. It's just this was fascinating, and I was fascinated. And it's mm-hmm. uh, sometimes very weird jobs make fascinating things to talk about. So don't disqualify yourself just because you're like, oh, my job is boring. Yeah, and even if your job is boring, maybe it requires a level of organization that 
you know, it doesn't occur to me, doesn't occur to Ursula or any well, of our other people. Nothing occurs to me. <laughs> well, okay, fair. Uh, but, like, uh, I'm constantly surprised at the different ways people keep organized, depending on not just what their job is, but what their life experience is. Uh, Nate's statement about um, uh, the best advice ever given to him, um, which was work smarter, not harder, but it was actually referring to kitchen work mm, at yes. the time, but he, he took a lot away from that. Um, I think, I think that's been one of the more valuable things, uh, that I've been getting out of it. Um, that and the fact that I get to talk to really cool people, uh, from all over the world now. And I really enjoy it. And I want to thank everybody who is listening and remind you all, listen to that segue, that you can support us. Ooh, good segue. By, uh, either through uh, patreon.com slash Ursula V, which pays for all of the podcasts that happen. And is paying for our transcriptions of Productivity Alchemy now. Yep. Um, you can buy me a coffee at ko-fi.com slash k-s-o-n-n-e-y, which is kind of nice. I've gotten a couple come in. And it's, it's always nice to look and go, hey, there is um, three cups of, you know, just... Virtual regular, coffee? Yeah, virtual coffee. Or I was going to say three cups of just my regular black drip, no nothing, no nothing. Or if I wanted to have the fancy iced frappalata chino, whatever, <laughs> I, I could have like one of those. Um, but I don't. I usually just put it back into like office supplies. Um, but uh, uh, you can find more ways to support us uh, financially if that's what you want to do at the uh, productivityalchemy.com. Uh, support page. And as you've seen from this podcast, you can also send us comments and letters. That That is a form of support. Absolutely. We like to hear from and you. And share. Share and like. Share and like. I mean, we're not posting to Facebook, but uh, I'm always astounded to see how far uh, a particular episode spreads on like Twitter and some of the comments I get back from that. It's It's been just amazing. And I want to thank everybody who's, who's taken the time to share it with their friends or their colleagues or... Um, you know, anyone else, uh, uh, Corey's last week's interview with Corey Large, uh, co-worker who turned Corey onto the podcast and then didn't know that Corey did the interview. I can talk about that now uh, <laughs> until it like went live. And uh, Corey, you need to tell me how that went. I'm yes. really interested in how that went. So there's all that. Again, thank you all for listening. Um, check out all the back episodes at productivityalchemy.com. Uh, share it with your friends. Thank you all so much, and uh, stay productive. Woo!